Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Thursday the 2nd of November. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First up, we're taking a look at the impact of Storm Kieran as heavy rain and strong winds have been battering the county. An amber warning was in force this morning, but it's now a yellow alert. Some schools were forced to close and flood alerts have also been issued for areas including Dartford, Maidstone, Ashford, Tunbridge Wells and Edenbridge. Conditions are particularly bad on the coast, with the Met Office recording gusts of more than 70 miles per hour at Langdon Bay near Dover. Gabriel Morris from our colleagues at KMTV has been speaking to James Ring from the RNLI. So there's lots of dangers that come with strong winds like that. Um, the swell's set to be up to 19 foot in some places, so it's going to be really hectic. If you're close to the promenades, the waves will be crashing over. Um, quite often people walking around the promenades can get swept in. Unfortunately, half the people that do die in the UK and Ireland are actually just walking so they get swept in and they're not expecting to be into the in the water so that's a real big danger that's going to happen with these waves. So there is a risk to life? Well there could be a risk to life if people are going too close to the sea, going onto the beaches, onto the promenades etc with the cr- waves crashing over. Um, and if you do see somebody in danger or if you're, you're in danger yourself what um, can you do to get in touch with the RNLI? So the best thing to do is dial 999 and you ask for the Coast Guard and the Coast Guard will then page you on a lie and then lifeboats potentially could be launched and the Coast Guard could be launched as well, assess the dangers and go and potentially do rescues if needed. Is it safe? I mean lots of people will want to go and take pictures of the waves because they will be dramatic. So yeah, completely understand getting some cool photos if you want it for your Instagram, your Facebook, understand that I might even get some myself. Um, but just stand back from the promenade if you can, be up high Use your phone, but get the zoom on. Don't get too close. The last thing you want to do is get wet. Um, the last thing you really want to do is get swept in. and That's going to be really bad news. So make sure you're standing back from the sea at all times. And what about if you are um, at sea? I mean, should you even be at sea? Should boats just stay in? Yeah. I'm talking about you know, like leisure boats, not the big boats out there. Yeah, if you're a leisure boat, if you're a sailor, um, don't go, <laughs> stay in the harbour, to be honest, because... Yeah, the waves are going to be so big, they can really cause some issues, and they will do if, you, if you're out on a leisure boat, 100%. Is there anything I should like to add? Um, yeah, so obviously the lifeguards are not on duty anymore, so people won't be on the beaches um, observing water safety. Um, so you will be at your own risk if you are going to the beach. If you do see anyone going to sea and they do get into difficulty, dial the magic number, which is 999, and ask for the Coast Guard. If you're a cold water swimmer or a paddle boarder, Know your limitations and just don't go in the water stay. The sea will be there the following day and the whole rest of and the rest of the day. So keep yourself safe and try and enjoy the sea from a good view with some good good camera shots. Two buses had to be abandoned between Folkestone and Dover this morning after strong winds blew out their front windows. Passengers and drivers were evacuated from the stagecoach vehicles in Capel Le Fern. The companies had to cancel more than 100 services today. Drivers are also being urged to take extra care on the roads as we head into the afternoon and evening. Toby Howe is from KCC Highway. There have been tactical coordinating groups throughout the week. We've been getting updates from the Met Office as to progress of the storm as it's heading towards Kent. In particular, within Kent Highways, we have additional staff on standby throughout the days. 
we have drainage crews, we have chainsaw crews, etc., to deal with any issues that we find on the roads. And um, I know there, are, there has been some concern um, that drainage, that the drains are um, blocked and we are in the autumn period. Has there been extra work in the past couple of days to try and clear those drains? Yep, as you say, because um, we are in that worst period where um, all the leaves are coming off the trees. So, yes, they are blocking drains. We work with the district councils as they are responsible for sweeping the roads. So we've asked them to actually be out far more than usual so that they can get those drains cleared. Also, I mean, really, it's sort of just if if anybody does see any out there, you know, if it's safe to do so, if they could um, assist by clearing any drains, any leaves, etc., it would help. But make sure that people do look after their own safety first. Don't try and get out there and be heroes, because we do have crews out there looking after it as well. We know that some people do need to travel. Um, again, we always say, if you don't need to, please stay safe. But for those of you that are travelling, please take that extra care, allow extra time. Um, in particular on rural roads where there could be trees down, there could be flooding, etc. You never know what's around the next corner. So really be prepared for, for the worst, so for some flooding, for some trees down, etc. And also on the motorways, you know, National Highways put advisory speed limits on. Please stick to those because it is for people's safety. Firefighters have been called to several storm-related incidents, including unsecure structures in Folkestone and reports of sparking cables near Canterbury. As heavy rain's been falling on already saturated ground, flood alerts could be in force for some time. Ian Nunn is from the Environment Agency. We're definitely going to see certainly surface water flooding. Um, flooding from rivers and the deep sort of flooding we get from that probably... Hopefully slightly less likely. Of course, it does depend how much rain falls. But more importantly, I think the, the wind and the high tide, we're going to see certainly localised flooding in the coastal areas with um, huge waves and quite a high tide breaking up against the sea defences and, and water coming over the top. We'll, we'll definitely see some coastal disruption. Um, and if you are in a flood prone area, what tips would you give to homeowners? Yeah, I think if you if you know you're at risk from flooding and flooding has occurred in these conditions in the past, you, you really need to prepare, you know, those important documents, make sure they're in a safe place. If you know you've flooded before, you might want to think about moving furniture and um, getting out, really. And if you end up in an area which does start um, to flood, if it is flooding around you, what should you be doing at that stage? Basically, stay where you are. Um, trying to drive through flood water is not a good idea. Trying to walk through flood water, people have fallen down drains and, and things. So stay where you are. Um, you know, call the emergency services. Uh, talk to your local authority who can who can help you with any recovery. You can follow updates in our live story over on our website. Kent Online reports. Tributes have been paid to a man killed in a crash in East Mauling. Tommy Dunn was a passenger in a car that was involved in a collision on Wateringbury Road last Friday. The 32-year-old's been described as having a heart of gold. A Rochester man's been left living on the streets after being the victim of an arson attack. Faz Razak's home on Arathusa Road has been severely damaged and three cars that were in the drive were destroyed in the blaze last Monday. Footage from his doorbell camera shows someone in a balaclava dousing the cars in a flammable liquid and lighting it before running off. Detectives say they're looking into it. 
Elsewhere, investigations are underway after reports a young girl was bitten by a dog in Folkestone. The victim was near the Lees on Saturday afternoon when she was attacked by what's being described as a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Police are searching for the dog's owner and want to speak to any witnesses. Kent Online News. An Ashford woman has appeared in court accused of assaulting her disabled partner after he woke her up from a nap. Angelique Thomas, who's the man's full-time carer, called 999 herself and later told police she'd been drinking at the time. The 41-year-old who lives in Brigadier Gardens must do 80 hours of unpaid work, six months of alcohol treatment and pay nearly £200 in costs. Residents in Faversham say they've been infected with a plague of graffiti that has seen vandals spray painting cruel words on the side of a pensioner's house. Phone boxes, road signs and bins have also been targeted. A smiley face has been left on the Grade 2 Guildhall building in Marketplace. Local councillors are calling for urgent action. A sitting bull man's been arrested as police crack down on shoplifting offences in Swale. Benjamin Ferrell is suspected of attempting to steal Lego from a B&M in Queenborough and around £1,000 worth of alcohol from Sainsbury's in Sittingbourne. The 36-year-old who lives on Merston Road is due to appear in court. Now, the family of a woman from Hearn Bay have been telling us why they decided to hold a DIY funeral after she passed away. Retired English lecturer Faith Chantler died in a care home at the age of 74. One of her daughters, Ellen, had flown over from New Zealand and wanted to be there to lay her mum to rest. They got quotes from funeral directors but were told it would be at least three weeks before they could arrange a service. So they opted for a natural burial instead and made arrangements at the Riverview Burial Ground in Lower Halstow near Sittingbourne. Faith's other daughter, Rowena, has been telling us more about the experience. I had never, ever heard of a DIY funeral. I thought, I, strangely, I, mean, I suppose if no one tells you, legally it has to go through somewhat, you can't transport your body on your own, you can't, um, so you have to go through the funeral directors. That's not the case. As long as you've got the paperwork yourself, you can handle the body yourself as it were so the death certificate I mean, it was amazing it, it we did manage to get the death certificate within I think four days so my mum died on the Tuesday by the Friday we got the death certificate which then releases the body as it were so then we can um then we're able to bury it um and so we then ummed and ahed about transport but the transport was the only thing that was stopping us from doing it quickly um and so then my brother realized we we worked it out that he's got actually a which is perfect a vw trans um vw camper van and um absolutely fits <laughs> fits a coffin perfectly so uh we got her we we transported her in the it, the body in the or the coffin in the um vw transporter um the grave was buried so my mum died on the tuesday and the following tuesday um uh, so actually dead on the tuesday so a week later my she was buried and we had uh so it was all done quickly which i for us it worked really well we wanted it we didn't want the sort of pre the long preamble of the funeral um so and my mum wanted to be buried to sort of to put things back into the earth so you sort of felt that 
by doing it quickly, she started that process. You know, she died and then she quickly started to to do the next part of her the cycle. Um so by doing a DIY funeral, it was initially for us for fast, for quickness, so my sister could be involved. Um as it then happened, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, you know, we couldn't have wanted a better um funeral it wasn't then a funeral so strictly we didn't have a funeral we had a burial um it just took the stiffness out of everything that you can imagine a funeral to be it's an option more people are thought to be considering to cut down on costs and be more environmentally friendly a teenager's been arrested on suspicion of stealing a motorcycle after being tracked down by a police dog in Ashford. The bike was taken from a property in Magnolia Drive in the early hours of yesterday. It was later spotted by officers along with a group of suspects who ran away. A 17-year-old was found nearby and detained. Drivers in Faversham, Sittingbourne and Sheppey could soon have to pay more to use the most popular car parks. The current charge is £1.30 an hour, one of the cheapest rates in Kent. Council bosses are considering an increase as they look to balance their budget. Kent Online reports. A town council's been criticised for spending £600 on a new hat for the mayor. The old one was lost after being left in a car boot. Residents in Hawkinch say it's a waste of time taxpayers' money, but the mayor insists it was a necessary purchase. A list has been put together of the 10 best areas to live in Kent. According to lifestyle magazine Muddy Stilettos, Folkestone is the number one place. They've described it as Ibiza meets Kent Coast, praising the trendy food outlets, links to London and schools. The village of Speldhurst near Tunbridge Wells is second on the list. Ickham near Canterbury and Tankerton in Whitstable are also on there. And three people in Kent have won a share of £3 million in the National Lottery. They've all chosen to stay anonymous. It comes just days after residents in Deal and Gillingham won the postcode lottery. Kent Online Sports. Football and excitement's building ahead of Sheppey United's FA Cup game tomorrow. It's the first time they've ever qualified for the first round proper. They're hosting Walsall at their stadium in Sheerness and the game will also be shown live on ITV4. The club's chairman, Tony Hughes, has been chatting to reporters. First season as um, chairman, um, what a season it's been so far. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd have to say, me and Ernie had this conversation about four days ago about where we are. We spoke about 10, 11 weeks ago uh, up here in the boardroom, just a general chat, takeover. I thought that'd be nice, a bit of football every Saturday and uh, get to know the first team and see where we can take it. You know, to be where we are today is just absolutely unbelievable. And the journey up to this, you know, it started at Merthyr Tidfield when we went down there and the, won that game and the Billy Ricky games to come back here and win it in the 10th penalty. You know, and, and the last probably 10 days has just been an absolute whirlwind, an un, unbelievable whirlwind. You know, you, we're going places we've never been before. I was going to say, did you ever imagine you were taking on such a uh, no, task? No, never. You know, you look out there, the ITV cameras are going to be here. It's just, you know, it's a different world that we've never been in. Uh, but I will say, enjoying the journey. Yeah. No. It brings a lot of rewards as well, doesn't it? No, oh, no more than financially as well. More than financial, I think it's the community, uh, the club, the people around the club. Everybody's enjoying what's going on. Everybody's excited about Friday evening. 
uh, all the clubs and pubs on the island are showing it. Uh, you know, we've got a full crowd. We've got other stuff going on in the, in the stadium and outside the stadium to make the impact for everybody available to come here. So yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, one hell of a night. It'll be a record crowd, right? Here. It will be a record crowd for this stadium, yes, yes. What's the approximate sort of figure that we're looking at? So we've sold 1,450 tickets. Uh, the stadium can hold 1,530. Uh, so with the staff and guests and other people in the stadium, it, it'll be around 15.30. Manager Ernie Batten is also looking forward to the match. People love cup competitions, don't they? It's very exciting. And uh, if you can have a run in the cup, you know, the season's a season. The season's over 38, 40 games in the league. And, you know, that defines where you end up in the league. But, of course, cups are one, always one-off games. And if you can win, have some success, it keeps the season driving on. And I think sometimes be the catalyst also for having a good league campaign. To, to get that excitement, get the crowd, get the local local supporters involved. And Sheppey captain Richie Hamill has been telling reporters how it feels to be leading the team out in the FA Cup. Yes, yeah, massive sort of yeah honour. I've been at the club for five five six years now. Um, it was something that sort of thrust upon me at the time, but sort of I think sort of taking it sort of from strength to strength, and we've grown as a team, especially sort of probably from about this time last year. Um, we've tried to keep a lot of the squad together, although there's been sort of management changes, but. Um, yeah, sort of gone strength for strength and sort of in the sort of dressing room, we're not too surprised that we got this far. Mm. Obviously, you take it game by game, but we know we're sort of capable of beating anyone on our, on our day. And you've shown against Merthyr and Villariki that it doesn't really matter what level they're playing. Yeah, oh, especially them two teams. I think that's the level we're sort of aspiring to be at next year. So that's a good test for us against them teams at that level. Um, I think especially Villariki, I think they'll probably fancy to, to win their league or, or be right up there. So it's good that we know we can compete with them teams in that league should we uh, get to that stage next year. And how big a challenge of Warsaw going to be? Next? Yeah, massive. But like, yeah, like Gaffer said, it's a one-off game. We fancy ourselves down here against anyone. Obviously, we'd be have to be at our very, very best, and they'd probably have to have an off day. So, hopefully, we can yeah put on a show. Kickoff tomorrow night is at 7:45. And finally, a flag football team are hoping their sport will receive a boost by being included in the Olympics for the first time. It's a non-contact version of American football and sees players having to grab an opponent's flag attached to their clothing rather than tackling. It was recently announced the sport will be played at LA 2028. Bartholomew Hall from our colleagues at KMTV has been chatting to Thanet Mustangs player Dana Kelleher and coach Phil Cartwright. We play at our club the youth uh, version, so we um, provide training for youths between 8 and 17 years old, but adults play it as well. Um, it's five-a-side. Like I said, it's non-contact, so instead of tackling, uh, you would wear a belt with flags and you pull the flag, and that's where play stops rather than taking people to the floor. Absolutely, and it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, American football, it's not usually this kind of traditional sport you see in the UK, but we're kind of seeing the rise at the moment, aren't we? You know, in, oh, in the Tottenham Stadium, they're obviously hosting some of the uh, some of the games from, from America, the uh, NFL games that are coming over. Have you kind of seen that since you started, the sort of oh, rise yeah, in popularity? Definitely. I mean, we've been, uh, myself, have been going to the UK games for quite a few years now because they have them at Wembley as well. But I think that says everything, like what you said about now, the Tottenham Stadium, you know, the NFL helping to build Tottenham Stadium and they take the pitch out and put the NFL pitch in mm. and um, I think it's also to do with the how inclusive the sport is so um, with an NFL game you know the, uh, the it's a day out it's, it's not so much just you go for your you know an hour or 90 minutes you're there for the whole day and as a family or with friends teammates etc 
yeah, it, it, it definitely growing, definitely. And, and talk to me about, about your own story then. Uh, how did you get in touch with the, the Planet Mustangs? So at the time, I recently quit playing rugby, which I loved as well, and a friend actually introduced me to the sport, and it was one of those things where the first time that you do it, you're just like, oh, my God, I want to play again, <laughs> I want to come back, or this and that. And then two years later, or oh, I've been playing the sport for four years, I'm mm. now a GB player, and it's just... Absolutely, and I've got to ask about that as well. Going to uh, Italy, I believe, to, yes. to play in the, in the uh, European Championship. I mean, what was that like, being, being chosen to, to sort of represent your country? It was a bit mental, because we got <laughs> um, told three months beforehand. So I had three months to prepare and train and all this. And then I got told two weeks before, we had a bit of mix-up with being chosen. Okay. So only two weeks before we were meant to be flying out, I got told that I was going to be going. So it was a crazy couple of weeks trying to prepare <laughs> and then going to Italy, it was just mental. I've kept saying that, but it's just a really crazy thing to do. Like nothing I could have ever imagined it would be like with all the different countries mm -hmm. and people there and culture culture it was crazy you all seem like such a close group as well the team all together and it's quite an inclusive sport as well Phil. oh yeah really very much I mean that's what um, I think uh, got my son so into it uh, initially um, girls and boys play together right up to the age of 17 in this country hmm. um, and it's, um, it's it's a bit of a weird thing to say but um, the inclusivity also goes as far as like you not necessarily like the sport traditionally sporty uh, kids or children that excel I mean there is a, a a space for everyone and because the teams are so small because it's five a side what I've found is you don't really get um, children and players sort of standing and watching the play happening you know there's only five of you and you're all accountable and it really really helps to uh, create that bonding and team uh, mentality. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.